Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. President Trump now says he holds Vladimir Putin responsible for interfering in the U.S. election, but there's more. Plus, the White House gives its answer on whether it will hand over Americans for Russia to interrogate. And will Congress really call up Trump's translator to spill the beans on Helsinki? This is the State of America tonight. I let him know we can't have this. We're not going to have it. The impact internationally is that everybody wonders what is going on in the United States. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators. That would be like a, a victim allowing uh, the burglar to set up uh, the home security system. That That's ridiculous. This, this has got to be one of the lowest points in his presidency. The overall assertions that have come out of the Russian government are absolutely absurd. I do not believe Special Counsel Mueller is on a witch hunt. I call it a witch hunt. That's exactly what it is. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. Tour viewers watching around the world, this is State of America tonight. Welcome to your daily serving of whiplash, courtesy of the Trump White House, with a side order of clarification and a side order of cleanup. And whether you ordered it or not, you are getting seconds. First, the cleanup. President Trump now says to CBS that he believes Vladimir Putin is responsible for Russia's interference in the 2016 election, but not without some equivocating. Well, I would, because he's in charge of the country, just like I consider myself to be responsible for things that happen in this country. So certainly, as the leader of a country, you would have to hold him responsible, yes. And then here's the whiplash. But he denies it. So if you believe U.S. intelligence agencies, is Putin lying to you? I don't want to get into whether or not he's lying. I can only say that I do have confidence in our intelligence agencies as currently constituted. I think that Dan Coats is excellent. Okay, so excellent Dan Coats is the director of national intelligence who stated in no uncertain terms that Russia is still targeting the United States. When the president was asked that question yesterday, he said no. The reporter who asked that question said it was clear that to her that he was answering that question, that they locked eyes. Then other people in the room said the same. But the White House later said that the reporter and everyone else watching it play out misunderstood. So are you enjoying that whiplash so far? We'll now add to that this. The New York Times first reported that the president, that President Trump was informed, even shown evidence of Putin's direct involvement in ordering the in ordering election interference. And he was informed two weeks before inauguration. Yes, two weeks before he was even sworn in to be president. And he's still been dancing around it and saying there could be other people also since then. Former director of national intelligence, James Clapper, confirmed the meeting to CNN today. Uh, what was uh, struck me as, uh, and others as quite unusual was uh, before we left the room, uh, we so- they started writing a press release uh, about our encounter 
and we're trying to say that the Russian meddling, the Russian interference, had no impact on the outcome of the election. We didn't say that, couldn't say it. That wasn't the, yeah. it isn't the charter or the, or the capability of the intelligence community to do that. So what does the White House have to say about all of this? Well, nothing yet. But members of Trump's administration are having no problem making clear who they think is responsible. The current director of national intelligence this week put out a statement saying this, that we have been clear in our assessments, he says, of Russian meddling in the 2016 election and, key part here, their ongoing pervasive efforts to undermine our democracy. That's Dan Coats. The current FBI director said this last night. Russia attempted to interfere with the last election, uh, and that it continues to engage in malign influence operations to this day. And the current Secretary of Homeland Security even said this today. I don't think there's any question uh, in the intel community or at DHS that Russians attempted to infiltrate and interfere with our electoral system. They have the capability, they have the intent. Uh, What we're doing at DHS is to work with states to prepare on that election infrastructure piece. That's the piece we have lead on, but I don't think there's any doubt that they did it. And I think we should all be prepared, given that capability and will, that they'll do it again. So there is a divide there between administration officials and the president. But how wide could that grow? We don't know. But we do know that one former secretary of state to President Bill Clinton says all of this whiplash when it comes to Putin is exactly what Putin wants. President Trump has been a gift in terms of following out what I think is Putin's plan, which is to separate us from our allies and make it more difficult for America to be the leader of the free world. Do you think he has something on President Trump? I have no idea, but I do think that he knows how to play him. That's not how the president is seeing it. President Trump tweeting, not only does he think the meeting was a success, but that he looks forward to a second one where they can, quote, start implementing some of the many things discussed. But what was even discussed? What is going to be implemented? What has been agreed to, I ask into the ethers? That remains a mystery for yet another day, despite this plea from the president to CBS yesterday. They didn't cover my meeting. The important thing, frankly, was the meeting that lasted for two and a half hours or almost two and a half hours. And in that meeting, we discussed many, many things that were very, very positive for both countries. The they is the media he's talking about. And here's the thing. No one can, quote unquote, cover the meeting any more than they have been able to, quote unquote, cover the meeting, because that is how the president of the United States wanted it. He's the one who requested it to be one on one and no one else. Except the translators. And the American translator is now in the spotlight in a big way. Democrats pushing to call her up to Congress to testify. There's been a lot of lying going on in the last seven days to the American people eventually. And we need a reckoning here. But it would be an extraordinary move. And some Republicans say it would also set a very dangerous precedent. Absolutely not. That will be the last time you ever have a foreign leader meet with the president of the United States privately. And I can tell you there may be times when we uh, need to do that. So I can't imagine how that would uh, affect future presidents in terms of their ability to talk to foreign leaders. But wait, there's more, more whiplash and cleanup. I guess we call this a third helping now. 
You're welcome. One of the many things that two, the two leaders discussed, um, what were the many things that the two leaders discussed behind closed doors? Well, one of them was handing over U.S. citizens to Russia for interrogation. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. First, a little backstory on the incredible offer. The White House confirmed yesterday that the offer included handing over, potentially, a former U.S. ambassador to Russia, Michael McFaul, as well as businessman Bill Browder, among others, to the Kremlin for questioning in exchange for assistance in the ongoing U.S. investigation into election interference. The State Department was asked about this first and gave the answer you might expect. What I can tell you is that the overall assertions that have come out of the Russian government are absolutely absurd. The fact that they want to question 11 American citizens and the assertions that the Russian government is making about those American citizens, we do not stand by those assertions that the Russian government makes. Then Press Secretary Sarah Sanders shortly after that said something different and wouldn't rule it out. The president's going to meet with his team, and uh, we'll let you know when we have an announcement on that. For a second, is that a topic that came up in their conversation? Did uh, President Putin raise this with President Trump? Uh, There was some conversation about it, but there wasn't a commitment made on behalf of the United States, and the president will work with his team, and we'll let you know if there's an announcement on that front. So one of the men at the center of this is the former U.S. ambassador to Russia, Michael McFaul, and he had this response. My government, I hope, will step up today and categorically swat this back. And when I mean my government, I mean my president of the United States of America. Uh, When he just said last night, America is no longer under attack. I'm sorry. I'm an American and I'm under attack by Vladimir Putin right now. So I hope he'll stand up. And the one person that Putin specifically named in his request is businessman Bill Browder, a longtime Putin critic who was the driving force behind some of the toughest sanctions that the United States has ever slapped on Russia. So if President Trump was really open to trying to hand him over to Russian interrogators now, here's what Browder says that would mean. What the Russians have said very clearly on a number of occasions is they'd like to get me back to Russia. They'd like to send me back to Russia. And and then once I'm back in Russia, they would like to kill me. Um, And so anything that begins that process is effectively a death sentence for me. Which is why there was near universal condemnation quickly from Capitol Hill that the White House was even leaving the door open. The administration to even entertain this shows to me how naive they are about what's actually going on in Russia. And here then is the whiplash and the cleanup. The White House now saying, forget that we'll get back to you, that Sarah Sanders said yesterday. In a new statement just this afternoon, Sarah Sanders now says it is a proposal that was made in sincerity by President Putin. But President Trump disagrees with it. So after all this, I asked you before, I'll ask you again. Are you enjoying your serving of whiplash so far today? Do you need any salt with that? Okay, just ahead. So, did President Trump's third attempt to clean up after his Helsinki trip do the job? New polls may have the answer. The panel is next. Three days after the summit in Helsinki and President Trump is still changing the story. He now says that President uh, President Vladimir Putin is responsible for the U.S. US election interference, but... 
there's still a but in there. The panel tonight, Sabrina Siddiqui is a politics reporter for The Guardian. Joe Borelli is a series of Republican New York City councilmen. Errol Lewis is a CNN political commentator and political anchor at Spectrum News. Doug High is a CNN political commentator and former communications director for the Republican National Committee. Great to have you all here. Errol, so the president last night with CBS, he said that he blames Vladimir Putin, holds him responsible for the for interfering in the election, but equivocates that it's because he's the head of a country that he's to blame. Just like, you know, Donald Trump is to blame for things that goes on go on in his country. Where are right. we in this whiplash pendulum right now? We, we are right where we began, Kate, unfortunately. Um, the, the interview, of course, more or less coincided with this New York Times story mm-hmm. showing that uh, President Trump was told personally by the highest ranking members of the intelligence community that it was Vladimir Putin who personally ordered the interference. He might be the only high official left in the United States government who does not accept what has been common knowledge now for a couple of years, that Vladimir Putin personally ordered, directed. We've had, I don't know how many dozens of indictments at this point. It seems overwhelmingly clear what has happened. The only remaining question is why the president won't simply acknowledge the truth. Doug, what's your take on this? Because with the the information that's coming out that he knew two weeks prior to inauguration, he was shown evidence, highly classified evidence, like text messages and other things, um, as the New York Times is reporting. So does he really believe his intelligence folks then? Well, the question or the answer that we we face so often with Trump is we just don't know. Uh, And that's been one of the really troubling things is we've tried to follow the bouncing ball over the last week or even the last year on uh, Trump policies and, and how he reacts to Putin and how the stories continue to change. Fortunately, we know that the policies haven't changed, but we know that the uncertainty that our allies face, that that we see in the news every day because Trump says one thing, walks it back, then there's a cleanup, we have to clean it up again, and by day four we have a different version of the same story, it sends very unsettling uh, signals to our allies. It's why they question everything about this administration these days. I mean, Joe, at this point, do you have just like a neck brace on standby to just like (laughs) deal with the whiplash at all times? Well, I, I do like the sport, but I don't think it's accurate to say that there's been entirely uh, too much whiplash on this issue, barring the last couple of days. You know, in January of 2017, after he was uh, allegedly disclosed this information that the New York Times report, he did say that Vladimir Putin was responsible. He did say that Russia was responsible both for meddling in the elections. He said the same in July of 2017. He said the same in March of this year. Uh, but I, it I also think comes you did with see- They often come with, and I don't have the list of them in front of me, so I'll be general. Yeah. They often come with caveats of and other people too. No, no, I admit, of course, we can't forget the famous 400-pound person in their basement, which was one of those people. Uh, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying that the president has been acknowledging that Russia was involved in the meddling of the election. And forgive me for for just questioning, you know, why the president wouldn't take the uh, information given to him uh, in January with a grain of salt when it's given to him by the people who were leaking the steel dossier about him during the race. They were coming up with this collusion myth that was ultimately hurting him. So I don't entirely blame him for... For, for not just taking everything the intelligence community said as fact. But I'm not sure that he, I mean, but even today, it's almost like he says he believes the new guys that are in there, but he doesn't. Because then when he, but then, Sabrina, when he says, when Jeff Glor went to him and says, okay, but Vladimir Putin denies it, so is he lying? And Trump says, well, I don't want to say that he's lying. Because he, he, doesn't, he doesn't, like, hold punches or hold back on words when he wants to take someone on on Twitter. 
Absolutely, because in the very next breath, he went on to attack in no uncertain terms some of the former intelligence leaders, such as James Clapper and John Brennan. And I think that what we've seen over the last couple of days is a failure by the president uh, to just answer some very clear uh, questions about, one, whether or not Moscow meddled in the U.S. election. Two, does he see, see Moscow as an ongoing threat to the United States? And three, what exactly did he discuss with Vladimir Putin and what was he willing to entertain uh, in terms of negotiations? Uh, you know, the fact that it's taken them a few days just to have a clear and concise answer on those issues tells you much more about how this administration approaches uh, the issue of Russian meddling in the U.S. election. I think it's very informative because even if you move aside from the meddling in the 2016 election, the key question is what is the administration doing to deter a future attack when the president's intelligence leaders have warned that Moscow is actively trying to interfere in the 2018 midterms. If this is his attitude toward this broader issue, it doesn't seem to give people a great deal of confidence that he is taking the necessary steps to prevent another attack on U.S. democracy, whether it's this November or beyond. And Errol, then we saw how Republicans reacted um, in the immediate aftermath, most of them extremely uncomfortable and critical. And then the poll numbers come out, and now we're kind of... Well, this might tell you everything. Let me throw it out there. CBS, it's the first poll since since the summit, and CBS put this out. Overall, majority of those polled disagreed, did not approve of the president's handling of it. But look at these numbers. The breakdown is 32% overall, 32% overall approved of how he handled this performance. 8% of Democrats liked it, clearly. 29% of independents liked it. 68, two-thirds of Republicans liked how the liked approved of the president's performance is that everything that we need to know when it comes to the question of what are republicans are going to do about this it is much of the answer to that very disturbing question and the poll really strongly suggests that this is donald trump's party that uh no matter how ridiculous absurd contradictory or obviously false the statements from the president's mouth there is a core group and it's a very large group of republicans who will say okay that's good enough Uh, He said wouldn't instead of would, and so we'll just disregard all of the evidence that's plainly staring all of us in the face and say that we support the president and it was a great summit, you know, without any information about what happened during those two hours in that private meeting. If that's how people choose to uh, uh, characterize their public service, that's going to be on them. And history will, I think, land a very harsh verdict on people who are so cavalier about what is clearly a national security crisis. I think actually, Errol, put politics aside, you land on something really interesting, is on the performance point, Republicans, folks, so many people saw that and and were aghast at what the president said and how he kind of kowtowed to Trump, uh, to Putin. But on the pure fact of no one even knows what came out of this meeting, how are you making a judgment on this is awesome? Or, I mean, I guess I'm being fair if it was a total failure. So I guess we need another poll. Let's stand by for that one and also to find out what the heck happened in the meeting. Stand by. The White House reverses course on another big question out of Helsinki. Would Donald Trump hand a former U.S. ambassador and others over to Putin for questioning? Details on that ahead. That is probably one of the most insane things I've ever heard coming out of his mouth. And effectively, what what, uh, 
President Trump was saying is that he wants to take a bunch of, of loyal patriots, people who, are, um, who have given up money for government service to serve their nation, um, who have been uh, protecting this nation against Russian, uh, uh, Russian interference, Russian organized crime, and he wants to hand them over to the Russian criminals. That was Putin critic Bill Browder on Vladimir Putin's suggestion that Donald Trump allow Russians to interrogate him and a list of other people. In Helsinki, President Trump called that idea an incredible offer. Today, the White House says President Trump disagrees with Putin's proposal. So can they all now sleep easy at night? The panel is back with me. Doug, why did it take three days for the White House to figure out what it seemed so many other people in the federal government thought already that that is an absurd idea? Well, it, it took that long because the president threw his his press, uh, his press and communications team for a loop. They didn't expect the subservient manner that he that he reacted to Putin. It was as if it was as if Vladimir Putin grabbed Donald Trump by the hands and gave him the "stop hitting yourself" treatment over and over and over <laughs> My again. Favorite. And so, so Trump would say something, they'd have to walk it back. And as we've seen on so many issues, then Trump would say something else that causes them to react in a different way. So you have a cleanup on aisle five, six, seven, and eight. And that's where we are today. Sabrina, what happened inside the White House today, do you think, for Sarah Sanders to, have to, to put this statement out this afternoon? Well, you saw a great deal of backlash to the very notion that the president would even entertain handing over any American to the Kremlin for interrogation, let alone the former ambassador, who, by the way, has diplomatic protections. Uh, this is something that should have been ruled out from the very, the very outset. And again, I think you've seen, as Doug mentioned, uh, the president, if anything, prolonging this news cycle even further by having at first praised it as an idea. Sarah Sanders herself yesterday did not rule it out from the White House podium when she was asked, but they've seen now several uh, Republicans even on Capitol Hill who have come out and said that this is simply a non-starter and, and that it shouldn't even have been entertained. You've even seen the State Department break from the White House, which is fairly remarkable to have your own State Department come out and blast as absurd, something that the White House was willing to say is on the table. Uh, I think, you know, they obviously want to put this to rest. The question, of course, is what the president says moving forward, because what he says yep. today might not hold true tomorrow. That's precisely why we're having this conversation at, in this moment. Well, and we still don't have any concrete information, Joe, on anything that came out from the meeting. That was the one thing that they really kind of went into detail, if you will, uh, during the press conference of kind of what was discussed, this incredible offer. But the president said um, on Twitter, he said that they're going, he's looking forward that they're going to start, quote unquote, implementing some of the things discussed. I mean, no one has any idea. What's your best guess? Why do you think it takes days if there are agreements to announce them? I'm really confused. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you're asking me what, what took place behind private doors, you know, certainly I, I'm as clueless as, as the next person. Uh, but I think, you know, it's interesting to see how we're running into to the, the, the place where we're starting to ascribe uh, motives and thoughts to where we don't know. We can't in one segment say we don't know what went on behind closed doors and in the next segment start saying that Donald Trump was actually considering handing over the, the former ambassador to Russia. I mean, I think he used the word incredible, which was probably not the, the, the right choice of words, but the administration vis-a-vis -vis the State Department, Heather Nauert the day before, uh, and Sarah Sanders today, were pretty clear that this is not something the White House is ever going to consider doing. But, Although, actually, Sarah but, Sanders but yesterday Errol, was the one Errol who said that they were considering Errol, this proposal. On. Yeah, well, hold on one second, Sabrina. But, Errol, yesterday, she was at, Sarah Sanders was given the opportunity to slap this thing down. She sure. didn't. 
No, that's right. I mean, look, she was asked by Maggie Haberman of the New York Times, was this something that was discussed in the private meeting? And she said it was. I mean, you know, that's that, that's what you would expect from uh, the Russian dictator. He has had it in for for Bill Browder. He's had it in for Michael McCall. He's had it in for a lot of people surrounding uh, the disgusting torture and murder of Sergei Magnitsky, which gave rise to the sanctions that are hurting members of Putin's inner circle. He has made no secret of the fact that he wants to undo all of that. He's trying every way that he can. I think it's extraordinary that what little we know of that private two-hour meeting includes him asking to have the head of the American ambassador and that the U.S. president entertained it and it was casually mentioned in the briefing room, oh yeah, we're thinking about that. Yep. So now we at least have one disagreement out of the meeting. Again, can't wait to find out what those agreements are. It's really great to see you guys. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's the State of America tonight. This is day 546 of President Trump's administration, and we have added another countdown to the list, my friends. This marks one day until the final daily version of State of America. We're taking on a new role here at CNN, a weekly show, a Friday night version, if you will, of State of America. It will begin in September. Same fun, same big debates, same important times in a weekly dose. We'll see you back here tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.